In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Last week was the last Sunday of the church year. Sometimes it is called the Sunday of the fulfillment because we're always hoping that Jesus will hurry up and come back and clean up our messy world before we flip the calendar one more time. But last week, even though the colors changed to white and we had a little extra music and Pastor Gainig said that Jesus was coming back, Jesus didn't come back. That would have made a very nice Thanksgiving for all of us, but it did not happen. And so it seems that now for a little while longer, you are all going to be on your own. Feeling like you are on your own can be a frightening thing, especially when you are suffering. And my sense is that right now, most of you are suffering. You are pressed by the worst economy since the Great Depression, along with a war and terrorism and challenges to our environment. And then whatever tensions and troubles and sicknesses you've got going on personally in your own lives. Jobs are not sure. Friends are not sure. Safety is not sure. The world isn't sure. And so life itself does not seem sure. As you know from the mailings and announcements the last few weeks, we're suffering as a community too. And of course, the big press has come just when we have the chance to do great things in a new place. I am not much for the sensational, as you know, but when the press comes this hard and the timing is this priceless, there is always the smell of the demonic. It is a rule in the church, you know. Try to do some good in an evil world, and the evil world will always push back. This sort of evil is so predictable that it would be boring if it wasn't so painful. So in a press like this, you will always find that fear and evil are natural allies. When you feel the weight of that combination, fear welling up inside you and evil assaulting you from outside, it is easy to say what Isaiah says in the last verse of the Old Testament reading appointed for this day. Lord, please, look, it's us. We are your people. If that is true, that we really are God's people, that means a few things about us. First, being God's people means that you are never alone. No matter how you feel, you are never really on your own. When you were baptized, and named a child of God, God took you as his own, and he stands by you no matter what. When you were baptized, you were baptized into something bigger than yourself. 
into Christ, or the body of Christ, or the church. And so in some real sense, we were baptized into each other. What else does Jesus mean when he says, love your neighbor as yourself? At the very least, it means that we are all in it together, whatever it may turn out to be. And evil cannot rattle that. The naming that Jesus does in baptism is sure stuff. And so there's really nothing to fear. That is the first thing to remember about being God's child, about being God's people. No matter how hard evil presses, and no matter how it feels, the fact is you are never alone. Second, being God's people means that we already have in hand all that we need to see us through dark days. It was there in the epistle appointed for today in verse 7 in a very clear progression. The Father gives you Christ Jesus, his Son, and Christ Jesus, his Son, gives you all the gifts that you will need to sustain you to the end, whenever that end happens to be. Between now and then, we together in one form or another have what it takes to survive and even to flourish as the children of God in this community, at this place, at this time. So even when you feel horribly pressed, or even when you are certifiably under the attack of evil, Christ not only stays with you, but he gives himself into you. And when you have him, you have all you need to carry on. To make the point, starting this Tuesday, we will have the Eucharist every day during the week, Tuesday through Friday, at 7.40 a.m. You'll be done by 8. You're very welcome to come. Now, through Christmas. This is the third thing to remember today as God's people. When we are suffering, Christians do not just curl up in a ball and hope that it all goes away. What does Jesus say to all of you in the gospel for today? He says that living like a Christian in these last difficult days is like working on an assembly line when you are very, very, very tired and the work just keeps coming. You don't know when your shift will end and the work keeps coming and it becomes very, very difficult to stay awake and even more difficult to do a good job with the job you've been given to do. So how do you do it? Under horrible circumstances, surrounded by evil and by fear, how do you stay on task? How do you do the work that Jesus has given you to do? The answer is, you just do it. You wake up in the morning and you put one foot in front of another and you just do it. You just keep going. You may say it any way you want to say it. You believe, you trust, you obey, you follow where Christ leads, you show discipline, you listen, you do as you are bidden. 
You thank, you laugh, you understand, you put it all in perspective. You take the long view of the church. You have it as a gift. You say your amen. And to spite the devil, you might even ask for more. You live, you die, you live again. All of this is nothing new. It is what you have heard Jesus say before. But remember, and this is crucial, when you have work to do, it is your work. And nobody else can do it for you. The only way it is going to get done is if you do it. Three weeks ago, you heard this from Jesus in the parable of the ten virgins. Don't think that just because you are baptized into a community that you will squeak by on the work of others, that somehow the other members of the community will have oil left for you. It's not true. You heard it two weeks ago in the parable of the talents. Jesus gives each one of us work to do individually. And at the end of the day, Jesus is looking for return on investment from each individual. You heard it again last week. Perception is not reality. You may not see it. But Jesus says he really is in the stranger. And so it is up to you to feed the hungry and visit the sick and care for prisoners. And now you hear it again this week, fourth week in a row. As the new year starts and the old year ends, verse 37, what I say to all of you, stay awake. Each of you alone has a particular work to do in this workforce, in this community. And none of you, not one of you, knows when Jesus is coming back. So Jesus says, don't get caught short. And just so I'm clear, for anybody who's keeping score in the way of justification and sanctification, doing good works cannot save you. But lacking good works can kill you. Now or later on the last day, you can hardly think that Jesus will side with you if he says to be in church every Sunday and you come once a month, or if he says to bring your first fruits and you bring your last fruits. Jesus knows what it is to be alone. Jesus knows what it is to be afraid. Jesus knows what it is to suffer. Jesus knows what it is to face evil. After all, they did not put him on the cross with sticky tack. But Jesus just put one foot in front of the other day after day as his father bid him to do, even though he didn't know exactly when his shift would end. So there was death, and then there was resurrection, and then there was life, and then there was hope, 
and then there was the next thing and the next day, toward some day when Pastor Gaining is finally right. And he will be right. Jesus will come again. But till then, Jesus shouts back over his shoulder at all of you, follow me. And it's always a gospel good idea to do as Jesus bids, individually and as a community. And whatever happens to us, it will all be all right. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.